HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese. There's a reason when you think of Wisconsin, you think cheese. Cheese is a huge part of Wisconsin's history and future. In Wisconsin, the state of cheese, the tradition of cheesemaking excellence began 180 years ago, before Wisconsin was recognized as a state. Immigrants traveled to settle in this lush, green hills of Wisconsin— bringing their cheesemaking traditions with them. These storied skills combined with the freshest milk available created a cheesemaking culture that is uniquely Wisconsin. Wisconsin's 1,200 cheesemakers, many of whom are third and fourth generation, continue to pass on old-world traditions while adopting modern innovations in cheesemaking craftsmanship. Find your next favorite cheese at wisconsincheese.com. I'm Lupang. I am Chopper. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning, critically acclaimed podcast that helps green gags, bartenders, bitters, and agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today, you have a very crafted introduction. You're actually going to read, which is something that never happens here. What are you or- talking about? A, no. it happens all the time. Do you just read? don't realize I'm doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, okay, because- but B, my, my intention wasn't to read this. I read oh, it to you so you knew what we were going to record oh, about. Okay, so go, go. Say <laughs> okay. okay, so so what is this episode? about it is about the the story that hit a few months ago um a few months weeks no it was months okay well whatever yeah okay (laughs) that's the 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 translation between american time and mexican time whatever uh so um uh the story that hit about shell oil experimenting with agaves as an alternative fuel source which is sort of wild because in the spirits world, we always say, yeah, 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 sugarcane spirits. They're so cheap. They're so easy to make. Agave is a truly valuable thing. So just to it should fa- only be used to make alcohol. <laughs> shall and shall never put in cocktails. Remember that. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, it, it, it was actually mind boggling because it's like, what? You want to make gasoline with it? Yeah. The, it- the, the, the humblest possible thing you could do with it. Yeah, and and so so we were actually like while while it just hit um, 
uh, hit the the public airwaves, so to speak, uh, a few months ago. We actually learned about it. God, what was it like a year and a half ago? Well, you did. You you found Fabio. I found Fabio. I don't remember how we came across. I Fabio. think he. I think he reached out to us through the website, through the ah, sacred website. That's what it was. Yeah. So so Fabio. Last name is what? Raya. Raya. Fabio Raya. 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 Right. So Fabio is this PhD candidate uh, who's working on this project, mm-hmm. and he reached out to us because he was really curious about um, different uses for the bankas, mm-hmm. um, how people are extracting sugars, and very specifically, I think the thing that he got most excited about was an episode where we were talking about the different sugar levels in the different agaves. Is that right? Yeah, actually, he sent us probably one of the documents that has gotten me the most excited in the last years, where they are mapping not only different uh, sugar content or different bricks in different agaves, but also at different ages. So, you know, this whole argument that you shall only harvest mature agave, then w- that you know the question is usually why should I do that? Right. Is it maybe peaking before it's mature? I mean there's a bunch of questions there's that there that I just didn't know anybody that had studied it. And he sent us a full set of diagrams to explain that. God, yeah, I, I don't know where to go with the joke, like that that you get excited about uh, about uh, papers or and studies, or um, and it makes you that excited, or uh, that there's actually a specific study that gets you that excited. I don't know which one is funnier. <laughs> Anyways, get, like I think people are gonna enjoy your humor. Keep going. Okay, so, <laughs> so um, we talked to Fabio about this in depth. We had like an hour, well, <laughs> there was an hour long interview. It was mainly you and he talking and I listened a lot. Um, but, but I think it's worth like just starting with his quote here. Yes, otherwise we're going to mess it up. Yes, I, okay. I, I think it's the right approach. Okay, so this is Could Fabio Raya, Raya? Raya. Raya. Well, <laughs> actually, he pronounced, I don't know if he pronounces that R as strong as I do, but Fabio Well, you say Raya. his name because it sounds prettier when you say it. <laughs> hey, thanks. No, no, say it. <laughs> Fabio Raya. There you go. PhD <laughs> candidate who's working on this, this project to convert agave into biofuel. So we get a few advantages, advantages from agave in comparison to sugarcane, mainly because these plants consume much less water. They storage stable carbohydrates, which means the inulin or the agavin can be stored in fields. So basically producers doesn't have a, a, a harvested season anymore. It's not like sugarcane. If you cut it on the wrong time, you're gonna lose a lot of sugars on it. That's the second point. The third point is that they don't consume a lot of nitrogen and other nutrients in the soil. So basically you can produce the same amount of biomass or the same amount of sugars or the same amount of ethanol with less input from the field. So this plant is super, how can I put it? It's tough, it's it's a tough plant, you know? It can survive a lot. And this has been the, the main goal of our project, to, to harness this, this, pro, this plant in its best capacity. There's so much there that just completely blows my mind. And I am so happy that they're, that they're working the specific points that, that he's mentioning. And I think something that it needs to be pointed out is this makes sense because they're working, they're trying to bring back an area of Brazil that it's the desert. 
There's nothing that grows there. Right. So it's, this is not like tearing down rainforest. Which I think is really important, right? Yeah, because, yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. I, th- I think we've found so many ridiculous projects where they say, like, we're going to grow sustainable bamboo. But in order to grow the sustainable <laughs> bamboo, we're going to mess this part of the jungle. So here you have an extremely challenging piece of land, massive piece of land where there's not a lot of work. There's not a lot of economical opportunities. And they're seeing in Agave a way to bring this uh, this this region back cool and, and and i think that's pretty cool okay so that's one point what's the second point second point is you don't have a harvesting season and that is such a game changer right you don't have all this crazy pressure because you can do capon right well, uh, hang on what do you mean by that java what well, is a capon isn't well, that like a little like a little bird <laughs> well, you, you, you can you can cut you can cut the reproductive stock of the agave yeah. and then you just bought yourself a year two years three years of harvesting those sugars and you don't have to be desperate to sell your harvest of sugarcane in this month because otherwise it's going to go wrong. Okay, that's cool. I like that right? as well. Like, like, again, like you're giving more power to the producers. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. third one is like, and, and it is such an obvious thing, but it's actually not obvious. I think it's very counterintuitive. You will think that a plant that can survive anywhere because it's so hardy, it will needs to have a drawback. Probably it's like greedy with the nutrients it extracts from the soil. And the fact that it's the complete opposite... Right. You know, right, that, right, right. That, that it's it's not because you are actually giving the chance from these deserts to maybe in 50 years not be deserts. Maybe you whoa, start whoa, with hang Agave. on a second. Hang on a second. Now, they, now you're, 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 you're confusing me. Oh. So are you saying that with agave growing there, it could change the landscape sufficiently that it'll go from desert to... And again, like desert, we're not talking just about the type of ecosystem. I mean, it's not going to change the climate there. Sure. But you can have, you can start introducing new stuff there, maybe, if there's the conditions to do that. So you can reverse the certification well, or erosion through this. Again, I don't know if this is the scope of their project. Uh, but you're, yeah. but you're, but you're <laughs> guessing that that'll be the result of it. That can, well, like, that can be part of the result. It almost certainly has to become... Uh, okay, so if you've got a desert that isn't growing anything, you plant agave, in essence, you're planting a food source, which means you're going to, um, as a result, attract at least different insects, right? And... And maybe, and these are a lot of maybes. And I think it's also important not... <laughs> that was the alternative <laughs> title to our, our podcast is a lot of maybes. Uh, maybes. Yeah. And again, we're not talking about the Saharan desert, right? We're not talking about these crazy deserts with dunes where the Dakar cop happens. Uh, these are just very sterile lands that maybe ne- they were not like that to start with. So these are lands that have suffered a lot. Right. And, and I think that's another part of the exciting part of, of this. Okay, so so let let's let's back up for a second, though. Oh no, and, and one last part about oh, this. Yep, yep. So, and something that I loved our interview with him, we're like, okay, Fabio, you know, like we preach and and sing and say all the time, oh, agave is this super valuable plant because it takes so long to grow. Right. How the hell does it makes economical sense against sugarcane that can grow so fast and mm-hmm. has such an amazing uh, yield of sugars per kilo? Yeah. And he told us that, of course, they've done the calculations. And if you consider <laughs> nutrients, water, and labor, and, and and just taking care of the pests and all these f- things that can mess with very fragile sugarcane, it still makes sense. W- wasn't there also a piece um, uh, in what he was explaining that is the amount of biomass that you get oh, from yes. an agave? Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's another huge part, too. So it's not only that you're going to harvest the hard. 
these kids are super interesting and I wouldn't claim that I understand fully this, but you can use, yes, the sugars, the heart of the agave, but you can also use secondary processes to extract biofuels from the biomass. These are two, if you want, like separate areas of expertise, but I love that they are going at this from that comprehensive approach. So you not only have, the, as a result, the heart, the leaves are also part of this equation, and that's amazing. Okay, so so again, let's back this up though for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah sorry, how do you, it, got, it got really technical. Really how fast. do you turn? <laughs> how do you turn an agave or or any or even sugarcane, any kind of of plant, into fuel? What does that mean exactly? So basically, it has sugars. Yeah. And ethanol, the ethanol that we love to drink, that is very delicious. Yeah. Has energy embedded in it. You, oh. you can you can burn it, right? Oh. You can if you like you were a teenager once. Uh, yeah, uh, several several uh, hundred years ago. Yeah, so when you were a teenager, do you had uh, spray canned uh, stuff? <laughs> totally. Have I told you that story? Uh, uh, Great. <laughs> we almost set my friend Steve on fire. Oh, exactly. So yeah. you have comprehensive, uh, again, yeah. teenagers have comprehensive understanding of this. Yeah. On the power potential of alcohols that are canned. So if you put a if you put a fire on front of that, that's gonna that's gonna create fire. That's energy. Oh God! Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Like this is. I think this is so much simpler than I thought it was. So, so you're saying, in essence, I keep thinking about the uh, the the bagasse, right? I keep thinking about the fibers, but literally, alcohol is a fuel. Yeah. Engines run on alcohol. Yeah. Well, it's that simple. Well, well, well on, 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 on an explosive liquid. <laughs> an explosive. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, 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 okay. So, what's happening with the fiber then? Oh, they they are there's you know how we talk about that you can make mezcal out of pencas? Yeah. There's still residual sugars there, there's still residual stuff that you can you can you you, you can ferment. <laughs> I thought all this time, I swear to god, I thought this was kind of, like I'm picturing in my head those old uh, locomotive trains where they would they would shovel oh, in Lord. the coal. Oh no way. And I I swear to god this whole time and I just figured that it was the same kind of thing where they oh well you instead of shoveling in coal you're shoveling in all of these fibers and you're sending fire to them and the fire creates no 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 can you imagine cars that run on that no that's why i was asking the well, question yeah, yeah, yeah. so so no way i mean he was even <laughs> telling us that i mean and this is again like marvelous and, and, and amazing and so crazy they even have to develop a yeast that it's able to eat more so the yeast that that exist in mezcal or that are do the wild fermentation they can eat a bracket of the complex sugars and convert that into fermentable sugars. So they're even working on yeasts that are gonna be able to eat more of the complex sugars and have a bigger conversion of complex carbohydrates into simple sugars. Wait, 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 okay. So, oh my God, this is blowing my mind. So then it's the, it's the real goal here to figure out a way to, in essence, and I know it's not this, but in essence to uh, ferment and distill agave spirits at something less than four and a half dollars a gallon. Yeah. So honestly, I like, and, and I don't want to suggest this, but and I mean, we were talking with Fabio about this, and I did make the joke that maybe I just want to buy this to drink it. Yeah. And he says that because of the yeast and the preservative they might be using, it won't be very tasty. But if it is. But but it would be dangerous. <laughs> Clearly, like this has got to be like ninety nine percent alcohol. Yeah. So 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 is vodka. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> when when, no, when hey, they distill no. it, when they distill it, they just water it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that part. But we don't drink. My point is, like, we. I guess we just go up to the the gas station you're suggesting. We we'd water down. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I mean, not at all. I mean, I don't think that's a feasible thing to do. Right. No. But what what I am saying is, 
cool. Like if this works for cars and whatnot, awesome. Yeah. But if there's all this infrastructure one day there that that, that it's working, it just turns out that it's not great for cars. It might be great for drinking. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Shell Oil is in that business. Yet. But um, yeah, fair. But yeah, so so um, one of the things that I recall from my days in Portland back in the 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 nineties is that they had this whole conversion method where you could uh, fix your car so that it would run on this the same stuff you were using as shakiche, the spent fuel, right? For, uh, the spent oils from the restaurants. Biodiesel, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you could just literally. Pull up to McDonald's and unload it into your tank, and you drive away, and that was the fuel. And yeah. bonus, your car smelled like French fries. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that's a little bit more hard than that. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but usually that that oil needs some treatment. Uh, we used to to fudge around with that all the time when I was uh, making combustion systems for that. Like the the oil has to be cleaned. It doesn't. Ha- it could. It does cannot have like solid just, fries in there. You're, you're, I think you're missing my pertinent point, Java. That it will it smell like fries? Yes, and so my question wait, 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 is: wait, wait, but, but but even before that, before you answer that, like that was another thing that Fabio was pointing out. During the U.S., your cars can only run in normal gasoline. In Brazil, this is actually such an important thing that they're doing yeah. because the cars are prepared. They already run. They they have the dual capacity of using uh, their biofuels that usually come from sugarcane and the ethanol that comes from there, or gasoline. So their motors have been tweaked in order to use these two to, uh, power sources already. But we but we already use, uh, uh, in essence, gasoline that's been cut with biofuel. Yeah, but it's like in a 5% ratio. That's what Got he was it. saying, too. That it, it's, 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 I mean, yeah, you, you guys are trying. You're, not, you're just not succeeding. Huh, that, <laughs> that, that sounds right. So, okay, so then, uh, you know, my final question on this is, when is this going to happen? Is this next week? Oh, no, they have funding, if I recall well, for the next five years to keep on doing tests. I mean, you even asked about, okay, how are you going to harvest this at this scale? And he's like, yeah, these are not going to be gemadores out in the field, you know, like cutting agave by agave. They even have to develop the technologies to be able to harvest this (laughs) at a very fast pace. This was the point at which I saw you break out your sketch pad and your pencil, right? Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know what the first thing that I thought? That finally this uh, legend that appears in some bottles of like harvested by hand finally is going to make sense finally there's going to be an agave that is not being harvested by hand <laughs> right right harvested by fabio's machine yeah yeah so it's a long way to get there and scaling it's usually the biggest pro- well biggest challenge in something like this i do believe that this is a great game changer i think we're going to get a lot of hate mail uh, for this episode, <laughs> well, because, as opposed to uh, well, but sometimes people talk well about what we say. Uh, <laughs> no, but because I, the thing that I like the most about this, yeah, is that it sort of takes this over-the-top preciousness around the this aura of over-the-top preciousness. I think it's a. I think we are evaluating the preciousness of agave wrong. I think it is a amazingly complex plant but that's what we should be talking about about the many layers that it has about the tremendous complexity that it offers and the tremendous opportunities that are embedded in it not not treating it like it's something sacred not true yes (laughs) well not treating it like 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 if it's jewelry you know like oh it's 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 so amazing because it's so rare and it's so 
I get it. I get that that's how we build value and that's the traditional way of looking diamonds, right? They're yeah. only valuable because there's not a lot of them. But I think that's not yeah, exactly. Even that is uh can be challenged. Yeah. But I don't think that's how we should be talking about agave. And uh, I think that even something like what Fabio is saying will make it even more interesting to think about the agave varietals that are so special and can only grow in little pockets of the world and cannot be scaled. And then we can start having that conversation of, okay, you want to talk about agaves as jewelry? There's the opportunity to that to do that in these specific spaces with these specific varietals or species. You know, and 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 I'll say that I I love almost everything about this except one thing, oh, and that one thing really is a foundational, basic thing. Ah, yes. Um, okay. you, you, are you are you girding your loins for this? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Okay, we'll okay hang on. I have to get my weapons ready. <laughs> so the the thing that I don't like about this isn't really about this. I think it's about us. And you know, I, I in essence, it feels to me like what we're what they're doing, what we're doing really, um, is trying to find a solution to the inevitable, um, the inevitable moment when we run out of dead dinosaurs to keep us building our society and keep us moving in airplanes and, and, and in, in cars. And I, 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 I appreciate why we need fuel, and I appreciate that this is a better way to get fuel than tapping into the earth, but we just really need to have more conversations about how to reduce our consumption. And I say this as a guy who lives in a city, who drives an SUV, who's you know very hypocritical on this point, but I think we need to move away from that. Anything we need to move away from. Uh, we were just in San Cristobal de las Casas, yeah. which reminds me when I was the happiest version of myself. And I'm not going to describe that just for the sake of not humiliating me. So I think back then I will have agreed with you. Uh, I think things are a little bit more complicated than that now. Uh, maybe the Chicagoans need to reduce yeah. their stuff. And I will agree with, with that. But for, not Mexico City. No way, man. <laughs> we need our Escalades. Anyways, let's stop this. <laughs> Okay, I think we'll call that a wrap. Let's <laughs> fill the tank up for another one, Java. Adios, Colin. And thank you very much, Fabio. This was really amazing that you've made the time for us. Yeah, that. Adios. Hasta pronto. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound Engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the Food 
world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.